Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Well, good morning. It has been a morning. Uh, and let, I'll, we'll just tell you, it was just one of those days. So Happy New Year uh, for those who are new. Uh, but if you're newer here today, so normally uh, we have two TVs. One of our, uh, we switched from a big screen to TVs because we thought that'll work so much better. Uh, that has uh, been a challenge for us and a big hurdle. We're working on that. But our, uh, one of our TVs is out being measured for a case to make it easier for a portable church. Uh, and the other uh, took the day off. So, um, yeah, so uh, apparently it's still the holiday for him. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, one of the staff for DPCC wasn't here, so we didn't get into the building till 8 o'clock, I think. And then there was a mix-up with a trailer. That wasn't here until 8.30. And it was just a scramble today. Today was a scramble. But I will tell you, our team killed it. Seriously, they went nuts. They were amazing. Uh, so everything you see that's here today, and obviously we're low. You know, it's the holiday. And, and, and then there's people who have COVID and down the line. So uh, everybody's okay as far as we know. We don't have anybody in the hospital. But uh, the team did amazing today. Uh, hopefully we'll have our... TVs and all that fixed by next week. We got new adapters coming and anything else we need to. Uh, I'm thinking about just going to Best Buy and with a couple hundred dollar bills rolled up and just say, who wants to work on a Sunday? And, uh, <laughs> and, and see what we can do. But that's, sometimes that's just what it is. That's just life. And uh, this is not, if you've been at Thrive for any amount of time, this has happened before. We're not new to this. Uh, curveballs come and, and in those moments it's, I get frustrated probably as much, if not more, than anybody. Uh, um, but also at the same time, it's like you have to have grace. And if you've been around Thrive for a little bit, you realize you've got to have a lot more than the average church, right? We aren't, we aren't the church of, of 5,000 people that can say, well, if you didn't show up, you're disfellowshipped, you know, and then, uh, and then we'll just put somebody else. We're not that church. We're, we're it. Where uh, the Spirit goes is where we go, and where uh, people don't show up, we roll with it. And that's, truthfully, that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Really, that's, that's what it is to be the body. So we're actually jumping back into Galatians again, that we talked about a couple months ago, uh, back in November, about a faith that brings freedom. Galatians is a book written to the church in Galatia from the Apostle Paul, and he writes them because they've been brought in, they've been kind of duped and pulled in to this idea that they have to measure up to the Old Testament law again. And, and, and he gets, he gets as, a, as understandably so, as a pastor, he gets frustrated and furious saying, no, no. This is a message and a gospel of grace and of freedom, not one of law and that this is the way it has to be. So even me, today I'm cr- confronted like, God, how can you be present when there are no screens? 
how can you move in this place? When we got to scramble, how can you be there? And I remember years ago hearing from a pastor, and it was actually from a pastor of a very large church, like 10,000 plus, massive church in, uh, in, in Colorado. And I remember him writing uh, and saying to the, to the effect of, he goes, the truth is the church has ordinary and extraordinary, and God moves in both. And you can't appreciate the amazing days without the ordinary days. And God uses that system. I've even heard pastors say, every Sunday is our Super Bowl. And I just remember thinking, man, the Super Bowl is kind of boring. <laughs> like, does anybody want that? You know? Or the shows that we stream, that we, that we, that we, uh, that we binge on. The truth is, there are times in the middle episodes, towards the end of the season, right? You start skipping past scenes because you're like, yeah, 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 drama, drama. What's going to happen, right? Remember years ago when Lost was on? Did anybody here watch Lost? I was a Lost guy, right? We, we watched through it, and then we got to the end, and we all, we all cussed just a little bit, <laughs> right? Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside. Like, really? That's what happened. Anyway, I got some inside baseball on that. If you ever want to hear it, I'll, I'll let you know on why that ending turned out that way. Um, uh, I have a friend of a friend who was a Hollywood writer but, who, was, who was there. But anyway, I remember watching. But there was a bunch of lost that you like pushed through to get through. Why? Because they were the ordinary episodes. They weren't as exciting. They weren't the... But the truth is, I don't want it to be Easter today. <laughs> we aren't ready for Easter Right? We're not there today, and that's all right. And the truth is what? A couple weeks ago, our, our Sunday, that's a, that, those are the big Sundays, and everything worked. You know what? I would rather everything work that day than today. Right? Now, the truth is I'd rather have both. <laughs> right? But that's not always the option, is it? It just isn't. You know? And, and that's, but the beauty of it is Jesus came to bring freedom to all of that. So just like now, it's like, it's got to be like this, and it's got to be like this, and but it doesn't. It doesn't. It can be, God can say, you know, I'll work with the mess. I'll work with the stress. I'll work with the frustration. I'll work with it. Watch what I can do anyway, and in spite of, and not just in spite of, even through. That is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the message of the cross. What seems like a scandal and a disgrace, and a wreck, I'm going to turn into what saves the world. And so when the Galatian church then decides, what happens is these, these guys come into the Galatian church and they start saying, hey, it's great that you're believers, but, and you still have to do these things. You're still going to make sure, how, imagine being in your 30s and they're like, hey, if you're not circumcised yet, guess what? That's what's happening. And I'd be like, I'm out. You know, it's over. Like, uh, the, the, this message ain't that good. You know, that's how I'd feel in that moment. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I, if I, first you want 10%, now you want 100. Like, that's way too much for me. You know, that, that, and that's what they're being told. And they're buying into it. They didn't have TV, so that's why it was easy to buy into. But... Um, <laughs> And, and that's what's happening, and Paul basically hears about this, and he writes them this letter, and he's like, what are you doing? And what are you buying into? 
I didn't tell you this. I didn't sell you this. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to go to Galatians chapter 2. We're starting at verse 1. And it says, Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again. So this is Paul talking about when he got saved, as we would say, when he became a Christian. Paul was a Pharisee. He was a leader of Jewish law. He was a teacher, a leader's leader of Jewish law. And what happened was God literally knocked him off his high horse. He's riding a horse to go find some Christians and arrest or kill them. God knocks him off it, blinds him, and then talks to him directly. And that's his salvation experience. We've all had a better one than that, right? None of us went blind, which is good, right? I like seeing. So um, I went back to Jerusalem this time with Barnabas and Titus came along too. So now he's kind of in the ministry, and he's going back to meet with Jewish leaders. And he says, I went there because God revealed to me I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those that considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I'd been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. See, he was preaching to people who weren't Jews. Up to this point, Christianity is mainly a Jewish religion. It's just new Judaism. <laughs> that's that's kind of how some people are thinking of it. But it's not for everybody. And Paul starts reaching Gentiles on a regular basis. Verse 3, and they supported me, and they didn't even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, even though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because some so-called believers, they're false ones really, who were secretly brought in, they sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. But we refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to do with what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Instead, they saw God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he'd given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, Peter, James, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion is that we keep helping the poor, which I've always been eager to do. So verses 1 through 3, the leaders affirm him and their ministry to the Gentiles and say, and Titus doesn't need to be circumcised. Faith, brings, faith that brings freedom comes by way of grace. It doesn't come by the rules. Now, those who are around church for a while, and, and you've been around Jesus, and you've been in this a long time, what you start wrestling with is, well, Jesus said I came to fulfill the law, right? Not to, not to, not to get rid of it, but to fulfill it. Right? Is it, isn't that what's true? Matter of fact, there's a whole Jewish movement. Uh, Sylvia Greener was telling me about it. But it's like, a, it's like a back to Jewish roots type movement. And it's basically a cult. And it's, what's funny is, 
The book of Galatians addresses this whole movement, and it's, it's still around. They, and it's a whole group that abandons the teachings of Paul and say, well, it's, it's just Jesus, and then we still follow Old Testament laws, which is interesting because it's like, do you not wear any polycotton blends? Do you never eat pork? Do you, do you have church on Saturday now? Because when, what Jesus meant by that, what did Jesus mean by it? That we're not held. Well, first, you need to understand something that most people don't know. The Bible's, the Old Testament law is divided up into three different parts. Okay? The civil, the ceremonial, and the moral. We've talked about this before, but let me just unpack it one more time. There's about six, I think it's 633 laws in the Old Testament. Which is a lot of laws. Right? We have more in the U.S. right now, and we keep adding more every day. But, um... (laughs) But, but, but we, there's, there's a lot of laws in the Old Testament, okay? Civil and, and the civil are obvious, right? The civil are, you know, if, if this person accidentally kills somebody, they can flee to that city, and then they're safe. That's one of the civil laws. Part of the reason these laws were given by God to them is because they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They didn't know how to even be a society. They didn't know how to govern themselves. God gives them a law Because you can't have man without law. Lawlessness does not work. So it is true that we need a law. We need something that governs us. And you say, well, I have have God for that. Right, but we still have to have a level of law. But Jesus fulfills the civil and the ceremonial law while still upholding the moral law. What does that mean? So the ceremonial law is the how we worship. So only the priest could go into the holy place. They had to wear certain garments. There were certain things set up. You cleaned it a certain way. That, that was the ceremonial. So they had the civil ceremonial. And that, but then there's the moral law. The moral law is the top ten, the big ten, right? The big ten is the ten commandments. But the ten commandments are different because the ten commandments aren't just commandments. They're who God is. They're the image of God. So Jesus says, you can't fulfill it, but I can. But not only that, Jesus doesn't just say, now the moral law still stands, but he actually calls us to something even higher. Well, the moral law says don't commit adultery. He says don't even look at uh, at a woman with adultery in your heart, because I can see it, and that's, that's adultery in my eyes. Where the top ten says, don't commit murder, Jesus said, if you've ever been angry at somebody, you've committed murder in your heart. And I've seen that too. So it's like, uh, because God is a heart God. So if God is a heart God, we can't fulfill that law, but Jesus fulfills it perfectly for us, the civil ceremonial and the moral. So we are no longer bound to the civil and the ceremonial but we are called to the moral. So we don't, we're not stuck under law like we were. But not all the law, none of, not all the law is abolished, but we're not held to it before. See, now we're seen, as the Bible says in the New Testament, we're seen like Jesus himself, like in light of his son before the Father. That's what happens. When Jesus takes our place, we're now covered in his blood, we're forgiven, and God now sees us, not by what we've done wrong, but by what his son did right. 
So everything that we think we have to do, we no longer have to do. But now with Jesus living inside of us, we now reflect him. And we can live by those Ten Commandments because we're living by way of Jesus. And that Jesus is the living word. He is the embodiment of the Ten Commandments. Am I making sense? Are you following me? Are you with me? But at the same time, while we reflect that, we're not under it. It is now within us to live by, not condemned under. We're not a stepchild of God. We're in the family. So we are free to live by way of Jesus. Um, He's come to fulfill the law, and he did. And then he says, now I'm it. If you follow me, you're going to honor this. Matter of fact, the first two commandments sum up the rest of the law. Right? No idols. Love God with your whole heart, mind. Love your neighbor. If you get those down, you're going to figure out the rest. Right? And that's the reflection of the heart of God. That's what we'll do. So we become free from, I got to do this, I can't do that. So as, as I shared before, we had the prison cell of our own sin, bad mistakes, choices, etc. Now that door's wide open. We can go back to the prison cell, but we're not there anymore. We are free. The door is open. But we create what happens is for so many people, and this happened many years ago. There's a thing called the Jesus Movement. Anybody remember that? The Jesus Movement happened in like the 1970s. It was basically a whole bunch of hippies across the country got saved and started following Jesus. But what's interesting is some of those guys over the years became really legalistic. I watched it. I mean, I remember them. I've known some of them. Now I got saved, obviously, later. I, I wasn't alive during the Jesus movement. I was born after that. But that, that whole movement, what's amazing is how much we can follow God and then begin to make rules for other people out of the very same things we were saved out of. So like these hippies who had, you know, never washed their feet, you know, and had dirty hair and, and, and were half the time smoking pot because they didn't realize, you know, being intoxicated, God's really not down with, you know. Um, but they, 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 they were young. They were new. They, they needed to be discipled and learn and grow. But what's funny is years later it was like you can't watch R-rated movies and you can't listen to this kind of music from the same people, right? We start making up laws that, that aren't in the Bible. You know, everybody has to have a gold tooth, right? We, we make up weird rules, and we start saying, I should be doing this, and I should be doing that, and I, I, had, a, I had a friend once say, you need to stop shooting on yourself, <laughs> because we do it all the time. I should, Christians should be like this, and they should be like that, but it, but is that what the Bible says? I should be more this way and less that way. We do need to grow. We do need to mature. We do need to be transformed. But we need to take it out of condemnation and into freedom. 
What we mistake, what we do, is we don't do it by way of grace. We do it by way of works. Like, yeah, you saved me, but, you know, I really need to get better at the way, the way I'm eating and, and, and the things I'm watching and, and the way I talk to people and just my attitude. I just, I need to be better at that. And the Lord's saying, I live within you. The door is open. I've made a way for that. We need to start being people who recognize that God wants those things for us and has done those things for us at Calvary and is calling us to them. The very desire within us to say, God, I'd like to be better here is probably from him and not you. That's the call of God, but that call is by way of grace. And freedom. God's calling us out of the prison cell. Say, you know, I just, I don't want to get high anymore, but, but, and the Lord's saying, no, 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 I don't want you that way anymore, because I want to be able to talk to you anytime, and you hear from me. Well, I don't, I don't want to sleep with this person, you know, like, like anymore, but the Lord, but the Lord, and the Lord's like, no, 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 I want a holy sexuality for you. That's the Lord calling you out of the prison, out of the ways of the prison, into freedom. They were telling him, hey, no, you have to do this and you have to do that. That was a law God set up. But the problem is, nobody could keep that up. And God knew that. But again, he had to keep his people set apart so he could, until he could finish the work at the cross. And now people were coming back in and basically saying the work of the cross isn't finished. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep doing these things. It's not freedom. There's no grace in it. We have to become people who are way better at grace. Which seems almost contradictory, right? How do you become better at grace? (laughs) And a lot of it, I think, is realizing I don't need to be in control. I need to be in follow. I need to go where you go. I need to realize at every given moment, God is pleased with you and loves you. May not be pleased with your actions, but he's pleased with you. He wants you free. He wants you walking in freedom. If nothing else from today, take that into your heart, that God's heart is for you to live a life that is free. There are too many Western believers who've used that as a license to sin and live any way they want to. God forgives me, God loves me, therefore I can whatever they want to do. But the person following close to Jesus doesn't want to live in sin in practice. Because those are opposite directions. See, I can't walk with Jesus this way to his table and still be walking to the prison cell. They're in opposite directions. This way is freedom. It's not easy, but it's also really not hard. We make it a lot harder than it has to be. Jesus wants you free. He wants you out of the cell. He wants you not under the commandments of the Pharisees. Verses 4 and 5, if we go back to it, 
Even that question came up because some believers, false ones, were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and rob the freedom we have to force us to follow Jewish regulations. We refused to give in to them. We, didn't want to, we wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. False law fights a free faith. I had this friend in high school. Um, she's actually maybe a little outside of high school. She's just a friend. It wasn't weird. And, uh, but I remember she, she had gotten, she did a lot of the rules on herself. And then what, here's what happens. Anybody here know a Christian who made a, up a lot of rules that weren't there? And then they start saying, you got to follow them too. Anybody know that person? Don't point though. Right? And so, so I remember this person, and, and, and she's she, she sweet, and she was well-intended. But it was like, she was like, you have to get rid of all your secular CDs. And, and then not just that. You can't listen to, it, it can only be worship. So now I was like, I was like, I was ready to get rid of the secular. Secular means, that means non-spiritual, is actually what the literal definition means. What our Christian definition back then meant was anything that wasn't put out by what we thought was a Christian label, which it was not. It was all... They were all just companies that owned Christian labels. That's actually how it worked, but that's a whole other conversation. So she was like, get rid of all your secular music. But not only that, you shouldn't listen to Christian music either. It should, just, it should all just be worship, which is devastating news in 1995. <laughs> okay? In 1995, we didn't even have Hillsong yet. Or barely. And if we did, we had the one album, Shout to the Lord. It's not Hillsong now. It's Hillsong then. Okay? We had nothing. I'm like, but I really liked Plank Eye and DC Talk. I don't want to get rid of this. It seems pretty cool. What's wrong with it? But no, because her standard was just worship. So that's what you had to do. Now, mind you, she was sleeping around and struggling in her life with alcohol and everything else. But she had the music thing down. So, <laughs> now I didn't know that then, that I came to that revelation later. But now, there's, there's, a bit of a, there's a bit of a contradiction in that lifestyle, isn't there? Why? Because nobody can live up to the law, even the laws we create. And the laws we create just end up binding up ourselves and others from a freedom walk with Jesus. Now, there is truth to sin and righteousness and, and works that honor God and don't. And James talks about if you do what you know isn't right, you've sinned. Yes, all true. And at the same time, we cannot make up stuff. How many of us make up stuff for others? Like, well, they're only in church, you know, three out of four Sundays a month. Where are they the other Sunday? In hell? <laughs> right? Is that what we're thinking? Like, look, do I believe in, I'm obviously a pretty big fan of being in church every week. I am. <laughs> it's kind of a joke when somebody's like, you know, I'll see you Sunday. You know, I'm like, why? What's going on? <laughs> you know, or I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> because I believe in it. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the local church. Really, this one's my favorite. And yet at the same time, you miss, you miss uh, I, I think Brent went to, is it Brent go to the game today? Awesome. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. Weather-wise, I'm not. <laughs> but Brent went to see the Bears game today. Awesome. Enjoy. Have a blast. 
I have a friend last Sunday, he, he's up in Wisconsin, and he's a Packer. He's kind of a Packer. He's a Browns fan. I tell him he's a closet Packers fan, though. Um, and he went and saw the Browns and the Packers play, you know, on, on Christmas. It was like, how are you not going to be with your family on Christmas? Because he got free tickets, like, at the 50-yard line behind the bench to watch the game. You know what? You can move Christmas. <laughs> like, I would... I. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go to that game. It's the Packers. Why would I? But, 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 like, if I lived there, yeah, because you're not under law. It's not like that. You don't have to make up that rule. Do you see what I'm saying? There's give. So, like a bridge, okay, a great bridge, like a tension bridge. Do you know a tension bridge has to have so much slack? It has to be able to move a little bit. Sears Tower, or whatever they call it now, but that's what it's called, Sears Tower, okay? At the top levels, it has to actually be able to sway because if it didn't, if that bridge couldn't move, if that tower couldn't move, it would snap. It couldn't hold. Now, it's got to be the right amount of tension. And we live in that tension of freedom and, and the pursuit of Jesus, They're not in opposition, but holiness and freedom, while they're not, they they feel like they're in opposite directions. But the truth is, and we're tasting it very much now, freedom with no restraints is no freedom at all. It's just different kinds of bondage. They're not in opposite, they're, they're together. And we walk and live in that holy good tension to hold up the bridge, to keep the building up. So can I watch whatever? Sure. But am I going to watch, you know, am I going to watch things with a, a bunch of explicit sexuality? No. Because even if I don't enter into sin from that, I don't need it in my life. Do you see what I mean? I'm a film buff. I'm a movie fan. Okay? I've seen many movies in my day. I used to have a movie podcast years ago. Uh, I really enjoy film. It's, it's one of my favorite like genres of art. But there are certain things I just can't watch. And I'm like, I, I just can't do it. I can't see that movie. I have a friend who, I have actually a pastor friend who was in, uh, in, was it the Joffrey? But he was in, I know he was in the Cleveland Ballet Company at one point. He was a professional ballerina. I don't, is it ballerina for men? I don't even know. Ballerino, there it is. That's what it is. I don't think that's right. But anyway, um, and, and he was extremely gifted and talented and traveled the world. And, and, uh, and, and now he's a pastor, married and several kids. And, and he's a great guy. But I, I asked him once, like, did you see that movie Black Swan? Like thinking, you must have. And I've never seen it. And he's like, I, I, he goes, nah, there's just too much garbage. And I just can't watch something like that. And I get like, yeah. I'm with you. There's just certain things that I can't, I can't do that. But it's not because God will hold it against me. It's not because that rules in the Bible, thou shalt not watch Black Swan when it comes out 2,000 years from now. It doesn't say that. <laughs> what it says is, you know, this is maybe not in the direction of the holiness I'd like to live by and the freedom I want to walk in. Right? Some of us can have a glass of alcohol it's no problem. 
And others of us, we can't have any or it just binds us up. It's not really fair. My wife can eat whatever she wants. Seriously. If she could stop thinking about chocolate for a minute, she loses 10 pounds. If I walk past a bakery, I gain five. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's just genetics. It just it stinks. And yet, so we're, I don't know if you know, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting right now. We do it as a church every year. January 1st, I start. Uh, I do a Daniel fast most years. That's what I'm doing now. Uh, you're welcome to join us. You can do a day a week. You can do every day. You can do several days a week. You can fast something outside of food. And we just do it as a time of focused prayer and calling God. We're going to have prayer online uh, um, several days a week uh, on a Zoom call. We'll announce it on Facebook here pretty quick. But I'd like us to be praying most days of the week. So uh, we're thinking Monday, Wednesday, Friday will probably be like all church prayer. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, maybe just uh, the women or something like that. I think we're taking it on. Um, and, and, but just, just praying online or praying in person. But just calling on God. Now that being said, it's not under law. But it also brings freedom to my life. It doesn't feel free. It feels very bound. It feels very like I want steak. You know, give me cheese right now. And, and that's what it feels like. But over enough time, and I've done it many times actually, um, but over enough time, it, it feels pretty good. Physically, I start feeling better. And I'm looking forward to that. You know, the, the, those things, like freedom isn't easy, but it, it gets easier. Matter of fact, something somebody at Bible College once said, freedom is an ever-present issue. And when you first start walking in freedom, it's hard to leave the prison. We see that. You guys seen that scene in Shawshank Redemption, right? Those guys are like, they had a hard time leaving prison. Well, the truth is, that's a, that's a true thing. It's, that's reality. And we even see it in the Bible. We see it in the Old Testament, right? God took the people out of Egypt, but it was really hard to get the Egypt out of the people. It's hard to get the sin nature out of us and live in freedom. It's hard. It's difficult. But it gets easier. I remember when I first, I, 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 before I met my wife, yeah, I had a pornography problem on and off for a while. I struggled with lust in my life. But it got easier as it went along. When I finally got free, it got easier and easier. And now most times... I mean, a lot of times I'll bounce my eyes or I'll turn something off or I'll look away. Just out of, it's, now it's just knee-jerk reaction. I, I, and even when you get kind of tempted, even when I get kind of tempted now, if it gets, if it gets bad enough, I'm like, man, I, I don't want to see this. My God, when walking in freedom enough, God changes your wants and desires. For those of you who are uber healthy, right? You don't want a shake a day, right? Unless it's a protein shake. You don't want one every day. You don't eat at McDonald's. Like the hyper-healthy hyper people never eat at McDonald's. And, and part of it is because it makes them physically sick. Because when you walk in freedom long enough, the things that are unhealthy, you don't, you don't just not want them. They make you sick. Freedom brings that over time. It's not like this. The ones that are like this and like, you better start following these rules, those are laws. But freedom says, I want to walk in the rhythm of life with Jesus. And lastly, verses 6 through 10. 
I'm not going to read it all, but basically the leaders of the church said, go get them. Just keep helping the poor. And we're not going to play favorites. That last one, a freeing faith doesn't filter people out. Some of us think you got to be or act a certain way to be free in Jesus. We have like these pedigrees of people of this is who's following Jesus and this is who isn't. Now look, if I can watch somebody's life, the Bible is very clear in Romans, uh, in, in Matthew, I believe it's 7, where it talks about you can judge a tree by its fruits. But again, judging a tree by its you're judging the fruit, not the tree. You can probably know where somebody's, like if somebody, somebody talks about their spouse negatively all the time, and, uh, and, and they're gone for weeks on end from their family, they're probably not checked in as a husband, a father, or a wife, whatever. They're not great at that, right? That's obvious, but that's fruit. Now, but are we judging that they can never return and be redeemed? No, we're not going to do that. It doesn't filter people out. We're doing that like crazy right now. We're filtering people out based on social justice or not. I believe in justice, but I believe in God having justice. We do what we can. God does the ultimate story of justice. Can you protest something? You, sure you can. Within a biblical and legal standard? Sure. But I'm not going to judge somebody based on what they do or don't denounce on the world system. I'm just not going to do it. Because that's their standard. You don't have to be a Christian to be a Pharisee. You don't have to be in the church. And that's what a lot of Christians have deceived themselves into thinking. I remember somebody saying to me once, I can't be legalistic. I have tattoos. Yeah, they said it to me. I almost fell out of my chair, and I was like, what? <laughs> so you can't struggle with the sin of pride and self-righteousness because you have a tattoo? No, we all struggle with it. The irony of that statement is that was legalism. As long as I do this, I can't be legalistic. They literally made up a law to be to proclaim themselves free of the law. Did you catch that? Sure you can. Well, as long as I don't listen to that artist or watch those movies or go to those places, we don't filter out. Some people are like, you know, men versus women. Only men can be in ministry or leadership or only women can do this this arena or you have to acknowledge this more or less and you're going to find out here at Thrive I don't play that game we just don't we don't appoint people to things based on their race their gender we're just not doing it has God called them to it let's do it that's it period we're not going to complicate it we believe in the man being the leader in the home because the Bible says that beyond that we're pretty free. And even there, it's a mutual submission in the home. We don't believe in filtering somebody out based on pedigree. 
where they've been, what they've been through. Like, I know pastors, you know, I hang out with pastors. I know guys who are third, fourth generation ministry at big churches, and they inherited, they inherited a pretty cool legacy for ministry. And you know what? They are no more valuable to God than I am, and vice versa. There is no pedigree in the kingdom. Matter of fact, the only pedigree we do know of is Jesus said, the last will be first, and the first will be last. The humble in heart. You could be a billionaire and be broken before the Lord. You can be poor and be as greedy as they come, and vice versa. Because God's a heart God, and He sees. And He doesn't filter either out. He says, come on in. And, or, or in our case, come on out. Leave the prison and help others do the same. I invite people to church all the time. I know we're an inviting church. Most of you do too. We invite people in. Why? Because everybody's welcome. And the truth is, uh, I like how one person said it. We're, we're, we're a church for anybody. We're not the church for everybody. We know that. We're a church for anybody. Come on in going to be free and we're going to walk in freedom and when things don't go right we'll try and make it better next time but that's it we'll let it go including me I'm preaching to me believe me do we believe that God's heart is for everybody to be free for everybody to walk in joy life and that nobody's filtered out and nobody's under a level of oppression everybody can walk in this life and freedom and joy that's what this table's about Jesus opened this up for everybody I want you to take I want to I want to do a moment then we're going to close okay I'll shut up to close your eyes. I'm not going to have you lift your hands or anything. I think I know most people here today. Just close your eyes. I'm not, I want you to picture something. I want you to picture the person that you are most opposed to or is most opposed to you. Maybe it's politically, maybe it's gender wise, maybe, maybe it's family some kind of a relationship it's the person who's just the polar opposite of you it's like they resent you or you resent them and and they're on the opposite end of the spectrum and you're like man they're so far gone and they're just the worst person I know and I can't stand them they can't stand me I want who are they don't say their names don't don't look around the room okay Um, and if it's me we'll talk after but whoever it is I want you to think, is Jesus said to that person, hey, would you come to my table? And I would tell you, Jesus said, yeah, if they're breathing, yeah, Jesus loves them. And he wants them at his table too. The person is on the opposite, you know, the person who has, you know, all the vaccines or none of the vaccines or the person who has all the voting stuff or none of the voting stuff, the person who has all the wealth and riches and the person who has none of them. Jesus says, come to the table. I love you. 
want to commune with you. I want to forgive you. And I want to set you free. It's the best thing in the world when he opens that prison door for us. And sometimes it feels like the hardest thing in the world to walk out of it. But I believe God wants that for you. Free from approval. Did you notice that verse where it said God doesn't play favorites? What a good one. And I would tell you, if you feel unworthy today, you are. <laughs> but we all are, so welcome to the table. <laughs> Come and get it. Come and get some today. Realize you're forgiven, you're loved, and if, he, if you've never said, Lord, come into my heart and set me free, do it today. I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to come forward. I don't need you to do anything. You need to talk to him. Say, God, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and mind. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. So long.